You are listening to the Kensington Church Podcast, recorded live in Michigan. To learn more about Kensington, visit kensingtonchurch.org. Good morning, church. Let's go ahead and stand up and we worship Jesus this morning to celebrate him. You can have my ears with no exception. I'm laying down my right to second guessing. You can't have my ears. I'm giving you my fear of never knowing whatever's coming next. Oh, I know you got me. You can't have my ears. Sing. 
So worthy of all of our praise. Jesus, we just ask that every note that we sing, every word, every word that we sing, every word that we speak, Jesus, that you would just receive our worship in it. We love you. It's your name that we pray. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Still reaching all praise, King Jesus. 
worship. Yeah, the hat too. I guess the worship was good, yeah. The worship was crushing it today. Man. Give it up for those Zach, guys. Man, Zach, man. you were like on them high notes, like double timing. I was like, ooh, I got chills. Yeah. I know. All right. Good stuff. You guys, you guys can sit. Yeah, you guys can have you a seat. You can. It'll did be you, okay. Did you notice how the back half just took the liberty? They I know. Like, I like, know. It's all right. Yeah. They know we have a lot of words, Sam. They do. We they have a lot of words. They know it's best to sit when we're both up here together. It's true. But hey, welcome to Kensington Orion. My name is Kim, and I'm part of this crazy team around here. And who welcome. the heck, who the heck are you? My name's Sam. I'm uh, one of the teacher pets here. Uh, welcome to those online who are joining us. Yes. You've tuned into the Orion campus. I know we're like the big K stream today. So. Yes. All right. Yeah, let them know where we are. I love it. We are so glad you're with us. But yeah, it is football Sunday, and we tend to have a little fun on football Sunday. So sorry about the hat but you know do, who likes hey, the hat i really want to know not who likes sorry. the hat yes yeah sorry not Thank sorry you. that hat's awesome nice they I like love the it. hat oh hey it. what's going on here who are these guys so we actually oh. these are going to be our coaches if you guys want to stand up here we have some devilishly good looking coaches around look here look at this guy yes. man oh He's check like, this whatever out you do, don't over here say that. this is ryan we got it. ryan we have nice. ryan we have sam here's the deal the fourth and fifth graders immediately following the service are going to be playing a football game right out here in the lobby, okay? And so we have our two quarterbacks here. I believe first service, I think Ryan took the oh, W. Oh, the Rams. Sam was Ryan's like Rams Brick City over here, just like wow. throwing way over the kids' heads. Anyway, we would love for you guys to be a part of that. The fourth and fifth graders, I know I have a fourth grader. He's been looking forward to it all week. He wore sweatpants to church today. He's like, Dad. <laughs> I have to wear sweatpants, it's a big deal. I'm like, okay, <laughs> all right, I get it. So they're gonna be playing out in the lobby afterwards if you wanna go out there and share in some of the football fun. We would love, love to have you. Okay, who are we rooting for? Are we rooting for the, bang for the Bengals today? Where's our Bengals people? Nice! Okay. Those are the people what about, what about salvation our Rams people? Where's our Rams people? Okay, okay. All right. Yeah, you're the villain, man. It is what it is. It That's is what right. it is. So, so yeah, join us for that out in the lobby. For sure. Head out there and support the fourth and fifth graders. And these two, I think they're having just as much fun uh, as the maybe kids Maybe more are. fun. I think they probably yeah. are. Yeah. Hey, some more fun that we're having uh, with football today. We're playing football bingo. Because who bingo, doesn't baby. love winning stuff? So if you would like to, we would love for you guys to play along with us during the big game. Uh, it's going to be on our Orion Facebook group so if you are not a part of that group yet we've got information in the back how you can get hooked in on that and then we play along you post your board there are prizes like actually good prizes actual not even prizes. kidding actual good prizes so we would love for you guys to hang out with us and do that a little bit later today yeah prizes yeah. at every quarter right yes prizes every quarter two prizes per quarter Okay. So, starts fresh every quarter. Can I get your visitor card? You can. When you came right in, there. you should have gotten something that looked a little bit like this. If not, they're at the tables and you can grab them. But these are our visitor, uh, not our visitor cards. This volunteer. is our volunteer That's opportunity it. cards. So, this is an opportunity for you to get plugged in here at Kensington. Rather than just coming and hanging out, we would love for you to be part of the team. And I say this a lot, I know, but one of the, my favorite parts of this entire service on Sunday mornings, one of the most buzzing, electrifying parts of the building is our K-Kids area. Okay, I have a kid in almost every classroom back there, so I get to see all of it, and I get to go back there and hang out and drop off and pick up and all the things, and those people are loving life. Where's Kiara? Kiara's back there. there she, she serves is. at first service and then comes to second service. We had Scott in here at first service. Now he's back there serving second service. So it's one of those unique opportunities that you can come yeah. to church and serve the church. 
right? So, oh, totally. And so we would love for you guys to sign up. It's on the card, or you can visit the hub if you have any other questions. You can get plugged in anywhere, really, but... 100%. I just, in my biased opinion, I think K-Kids is the place to really? be. Really? I really do. I don't know. My teams are pretty awesome, too. Your so, teams are great, Just but... saying. So, hey, overall concept, join a team, yes. right? Hey, get it? football, get it. Thing? Team A. Yes. Uh, uh. I like it. You guys picking up what we're, we're laying down there? there? We're really trying. Just a little feedback. Just a little bit. <laughs> no. Anyway. Okay. Hey, but... They're excited. What's, that what's person, this last thing we're going to do that here, That person Sam? is excited. Okay, hey, so tonight is the big game. If you notice, there's copyright infringement stuff, so we can't say anything about, like, a really large... No, we can't say what it's actually called. ...bowl that would be maybe thought of to be so big that it's super, right? Right, like, we can't say the actual can't name say those things. of the game. Yeah, but no. here's what we're going to do. We're going to have some fun. We're going to do the wave this morning. Have any of you ever been to a sporting event and seen and the, wave the wave done? Okay, right? yes. All right. Judging by the show of hands, we're gonna have three people participate. Yes. So yep. this will be interesting. We're gonna start on this side. So if you need to go ahead and set your coffee down, maybe yeah. do a little, little stretches or whatever you gotta do to get ready, okay? But you're about to pop up and we're gonna wave right. all the way across. It's going all the way around. Do and then where's Chuck? Chuck? Where's this Chuck, Chuck, my dude, okay. Chuck is gonna represent the other half of the stadium. Chuck okay? is the rest of the so, uh, stage So he's that half. So we're gonna go wave and then Chuck's gonna go wave yes. and we're gonna go wave. yeah okay how ready do you guys feel over there you feeling pretty pretty solid all right we're gonna need a little more guys little more. I noticed you were the first ones to sit down this morning so come <laughs> okay, on now are we with center it section you guys feeling like you center got this section, you feeling it no nice. they're gonna be hype what, what about over here side? what do we got what do we got Okay, yes. all right, all right. This is gonna I be good. All right, here we go. Are we ready? Okay. All right. I think I'm gonna count down from three. Should Actually, I say, do it. That's what Three's I'll do. Okay. good. All right, I'm gonna count down from three. Ready? Three, two, one. Woo! All the way, 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 all the way. And Chuck. You back there, Whoa! Chuck. Yes. Chuck, yeah. Here and we go. Back. Keep going. Oh, come on. I love it, I love yes, it. And then Chuck. Chuck. Okay, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Hang on, hang on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, they're oh, so look, ready. They're above it. They're ahead of it. I love yes. it. All right, here's what we're gonna do. I gotta get my phone. I gotta, yeah. We gotta record this, okay? Yeah. We did it first service, and it was so awesome that we're gonna do it again, and that way you can see how enthusiastic you are. And so all <laughs> you uh, bah humbugs who aren't right. doing it. <laughs> this is gonna go viral, people, it's so It's gonna be, be on ready. the internet, folks. Okay. All right. All right, are we ready? Chuck, you ready? You good? Uh, okay. Chuck's good. Are okay. we good? Okay. This Count. is like the real one now. Okay. okay, Count it down. Three, two, one. Woo! Everybody! Oh, Chuck, yeah, baby! Guys, this is so good. So good. Chuck, give it to me when we're done. Love it. Yeah. Oh, they're going again. I love it. Yeah, I'm too dizzy to follow you. Oh, my goodness. Yes. All right. Let's hear it for everybody. Good work. Good work. Good work. Oh, goodness. I'm dizzy. Oh, my gosh. Are you, are you tired now? I'm tired. I'm done. Hey, I could preach if can you need to be can done. Can you take it? Oh, no, gosh. No, I'm not going to preach. All right, so here's what we're going to do. I need you guys to stand up real quick. Everybody stand up. You guys are getting a workout this morning. You didn't even know, Woo. did you? You're like, man, get somebody else to do the greeting. <laughs> here's what I need you to do. Take a few minutes here, crisscross the auditorium, shake somebody's hand, hug somebody's neck, ask them who you think is going to win the, the big game tonight. Right. Okay? The super thing. The super plate. The super yeah, plate. Yeah, that. All right. <laughs>
was fun, right? Yeah, that was a good time. I had fun watching you guys. Hopefully, you guys have fun doing that. Um, so I am a football fan, so it's fitting that I'm speaking today because I absolutely love football. Do we have any football fans in here today? Okay, quite a few, quite a few. That's awesome. That's great. Um, but I take it a step further, actually. I'm a Detroit Lions football fan. So do we have any of those that are willing to admit it in public today? Okay, yes, wonderful. A few of us, the few, the proud, the brave. I think that's the Marines, but the Lions fans, right? And so I'm not just any Lions fan. I'm actually a pretty hardcore, diehard uh, Lions fan. And so I brought some of my garb this morning just to share with you and show you how much I absolutely love the Detroit Lions. You guys ever seen one of these bad boys? Huh? 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 That's a vibe, isn't it? That's, that's the vibe. Let's see what else I got here. I got, I got an old school Herman Moore jersey. Huh? How many of you guys remember Herman Moore? Right? Yeah. Totally underrated, but a total G. Let's see. Oh, ooh. I spared you on account of my wife, okay? I was going to bust these out today and wear them, but she told me not to. Zuba pants. How many of y'all remember the Zuba pant days? Huh? Some of you are like, Zuba what? Huh? Woo? No, man, yeah, these are, these are a vibe in and of themselves. What else? I got some beanies in here. Oh, I have proof. Check it out. Okay, I got to take this off. I have proof that the Detroit Lions are actually God's football team. Yeah, I do. Check it out. I was in Jerusalem, and I found this shirt in Jerusalem. No joke. And it's, it's in the original language. It's in the Hebrew. The Detroit Lions, right? That's... That's, that's God's team. I have one more thing in here I wanted to show you. Oh, I have this. This is super fun. I have an apron and a chef's hat. So like I wear these to barbecues and no one ever asks me to cook. You know, they're like, no, no, that's, that's not gonna be the move, Sam. I'm not, I'm not into that. But this is probably one of my favorite things. Mind you, I don't have season tickets and I wear all of this in my living room with my children. Okay, this is not like, oh, he's one of those super fans that goes to games. No, I do all this in my, li- this is my Sunday attire. Check this bad boy out. Huh? I have a lion's poncho, right? I got this thing in San Diego, California, and I was like, this must be a God thing, you know? Why else would this be here? The Holy Spirit places in my trajectory to have this. I believe it with all my heart. I mean, I have a lion's bow tie. I have some scarves. I have all kinds of things. Um, Actually, go ahead and show that first picture up there. This is the license plate to one of my cars. Um, It's actually mine. It's heartbreak. I am fully aware that this is an abusive relationship but I still partake in my love for the Detroit Lions. Um, I saw this actually on our social media in our uh, Facebook group yesterday. I saw that someone posted this uh, graphic, and this is who we're all rooting for this evening, I'm sure, right? (laughs) All of you that are all of a sudden Rams fans, it's like, yeah, okay. Where were you last year when they had golf? Nowhere to be found. But now that they have our quarterback, I feel like this is the closest we're going to get to the big game, so... Uh, We'll go with that. And then the final picture, I'm actually indoctrinating my children to be Lions fans. So if you notice that if there are kids running around here in Lions jerseys, those are my kids. Um, Please show mercy and grace uh, to them. But the reason I talk about this is because in our parable today, we're in the story, um, the power of a story, and talking through the parables of Jesus. Our parable today, the reason I'm talking about the Detroit Lions so much on the front end of this, is because our, our parable today is about prayer and perseverance and faith. (laughs) All things that you need to be a Detroit Lions fan, right? 
Prayer, perseverance, and faith. I even joke, uh, Hebrews chapter 11, verse one, it defines faith, right? And faith is the assurance of things hoped for, a conviction of things not seen. Assurance of things hoped for, like ah, next year is our year, right? Always. Next year is our year, and so we have faith in that. And a conviction of things that are not seen. There is no evidence that the lions can ever be good. It's just that's real. There's no evidence for that. That's where faith comes into the picture. And so this is not exactly the type of prayer and perseverance and faith that Jesus is talking about in here, but I think there's some kind of parallels in, in some level or another. Probably not. I'm just a big Lions fan. I want the opportunity to talk about them. But we're going to get into a parable this morning um, that is talking through that, prayer and perseverance and faith. And it's found in Luke chapter 18. And so if you want to go ahead and get turned there in your Bibles or pull it up on your Bible app, I'm going to go ahead and pray and then we're going to jump in. I'm going to read the whole passage. And then we're going to kind of break it down verse by verse this morning. And just sort of try to take away, what is Jesus trying to say to his disciples? Because this is an opportunity where Jesus is speaking to his disciples. And he's teaching them about prayer and about perseverance and about faith. And I think there's something there for us as well. So let me pray. And then uh, we'll jump into it. God, I thank you so much for this morning. I thank you that we can come together and have fun in church that we can laugh and we can joke around and that you just, you celebrate with us the joy that we bring in response to you. God, I pray this morning as we open your word, I pray that it would speak life to us. I pray that it would speak truth to us. I pray that you'd soften our hearts. I pray you'd open our minds. I pray that you'd make us receptive for everything that you have for us today. I pray that we would leave this space, whether we're watching online or we're in the room, that we would leave this space encouraged, challenged, and changed. God, we love you and praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Um, I want to take a quick opportunity to thank those of you who have continued to partner with us through your generosity. I mean, it's just been absolutely incredible uh, how consistent your giving is to make all that Kensington does possible. And I know uh, Craig shared last week a little bit about what's happening in Kenya and how other organizations are coming together and we're all sort of trying to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And it's not just a Kensington thing, but it's a global church thing. And when you give to Kensington, you're part of that. And so we just want to thank you for your consistent contributions and partnership on ministry. And if you'd like to uh, do that this morning, you can give uh, via text, you can give on the Kensington app, or you can give online or in person. They got some giving buckets back in the back that you can participate. But we just like to take a moment during the service just to honor that and to show appreciation for, again, your continued partnership on missions. So uh, if you have it pulled up, we're in Luke chapter 18. We're going to start in verse 1 and read through verse 8. So I'm going to read the whole thing, and then we'll break it down. And so again, this is Jesus, and he's talking to his disciples through parables. Parables are simply stories that have a deeper spiritual truth or a deeper spiritual meaning. He uses things that people would understand to paint a word picture for them to sort of put themselves in the position to understand what he's trying to teach them and what he's trying to say. And so he says this. He says, and he told them a parable to the effect that they ought to always pray and not lose heart. So at the very beginning, it tells us what this is about. It's about prayer and perseverance, to always pray and to not lose heart. He said, in a certain city, there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, give me justice against my adversary. For a while, I, he refused, for a while, no, for a while he refused, but afterward he said to himself, Though I neither fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. And the Lord said, hear what the unrighteous judge says. 
And will not God give justice to his elect, or some versions say to his chosen, who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? And so there's a lot here in this parable. This one's a little tougher to sort of decipher and to understand and you know, what's Jesus trying to say? Because when I started looking at this stuff, I started studying this a couple weeks ago and looking through it, it's like, okay, well, I read that. Is Jesus saying, okay, I just need to pray and pray and pray and pray and pray and pray and eventually God will get annoyed enough to just give me what I want? Because at first glance, that's kind of how it seems, right? You ever heard this, the saying, uh, the, the squeaky wheel gets the grease, right? That's just, that's gonna be me. I'm just gonna come to God and 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 finally be like, all right, Sam, chill. You can have it. But that's not what Jesus is saying here. Jesus uses this, this story of this judge and this widow as sort of a contrast of saying, okay, here's a bad situation and even that works out, but check out what God will do even more. And so let's spend some time just kind of breaking this down. So in the very first verse, it says, and he told them a parable to the effect that they ought to always pray and not lose heart. Jesus' entire intention in sharing this story with the disciples is to encourage them to pray and not lose heart. Well, why would Jesus do this? Because Jesus fully understands kind of what we talked about two weeks ago. Remember, Jesus fully understands that life can get tough. Not life can get tough, life will get tough. Remember we talked a few weeks ago, uh, the parable about the builders, the wise and the foolish builder, one built a house on sand, the other built their house on the foundation, on a strong foundation, and then what happens? The storms come against both houses, right? Life gets difficult for both of them. Jesus understands and knows fully that life gets difficult. Life gets hard. Things come up that we don't expect. And it's easy for us, when these things happen, to default to negativity, to default to cynicism, to default to doubt, to default to, oh man, I don't need all this. I'm walking away. I don't need to do all this. And we can easily, easily give up. And Jesus knows that. Jesus knows the struggle that we're gonna face as part of the human condition. And so he's inciting the disciples. He's saying, guys, listen, you need to continue to pray. You need to continue. Don't lose heart when it gets tough because it will get tough. You will seek my face. You will need me. And it's going to be hard. And then he goes on in verse two, Luke chapter 18, verse two. He says, he starts, this is where he starts the story. He says, guys, it's gonna be tough. Don't lose heart. Continue to pray. Check this out. He says, in a certain city, there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. He's, <laughs> that's like a double whammy, right? He's violating the double love command that's outlined in Matthew chapter 22. Where it's, you know, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, your mind, all your strength. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus is setting up the character of this judge right away in verse two. He's saying, this guy, he don't love God or people. This guy is a real piece of work. This guy is, we'll call him the jerk judge, right? And so Jesus is sort of setting up the story in that way. And then in verse three, he says, now here's the second, here's the second character of the story. He says, and there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, give me justice against my adversary. And so when Jesus talks about a widow, there's a lot of underlying truth that the disciples would understand that we necessarily lose in translation because of cultural differences and time differences and whatnot. So in this day, a widow 
was um, they, they, had, they were re- easily recognizable by their distinctive attire. Widows had to wear certain clothes. And you can see in different spots in scripture where the widows remove their widow clothing to disguise themselves as something else. But in public, a widow would have to wear a certain outfit or whatever, almost like, almost like the scarlet letter, right? It's like everyone would know, oh, look, there's a widow. There goes a widow. And here's the deal. When we think of widows, oftentimes we think of people who are typically you know, a little older in age. But if you think about this culture, okay, we have these, these, these girls being married as young teenagers to much older men. And so widows were way more common back in the day. And we're not talking, when we're talking widows, we're not talking old ladies or whatever. We're talking girls that are probably in their young 20s to mid 30s that are walking around in this special attire because their husband has died. And if their husband dies and he has an estate, right? He has cattle and land and livestock and a home and wealth and riches and all this stuff. She doesn't get it. That's not the way that the culture works. His son or his children would inherit that stuff, not the widow. And so if the widow is to stay with the husband's family, then she takes on a role of servitude, almost like a servant or a maid in the household. You're thinking, man, at age 20, 21, her life is essentially over. Now she's a maid, a servant, a widow, a slave in her husband's household. You think, well, why wouldn't she just go back to her own family? Well, in order for her to go back to her own family, the family would have to refund all of the gifts and money that was given at the wedding. So typically in that culture, the husband would give gifts and livestock and money and and, and essentially say, here's my endowment for you to give me this beautiful, precious prize of a wife. And so the family would then receive all of these goods. In order for, the, white, for the, the widow to come back to her family, the family would have to return all of those things. Well, it's not like it, these families were in such a well-off position that they just said, okay, let me just set that whole dowry aside just in case something happens. No, they're using this livestock to live, to eat, to, to, to grow their estate, to do all the things. There's not just a ton of money setting aside for them to get their daughter back. And so oftentimes that wasn't an option either. And so widows were so victimized in this culture that oftentimes they were sold as slaves for, to, to, to pay for debt. They were viewed as a piece of property, secondary to humanity. And so Jesus is telling this story, and he says, okay, so there's this judge who doesn't fear God, doesn't respect people, total jerk, and then you have this widow. And when he said widow, all of those things would initially come to mind when he's talking about their, 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 their lowly cultural situation, their, their, bankrupt, their social bankruptcy, right? They're secondary humanity. This is what would all come to mind when Jesus says this. And so this widow is calling out for justice in the court of law. A widow coming to a court of law held little to no weight whatsoever, especially to a jerk judge. This is almost like, okay, that's futile. Why would, why would she even do that? There's no way this is going to work out for her. This, that's not the way things go. And then we see in chapter 18, verses four and five, the story continues. It says, for a while he refused her, but afterward he said to himself, though I neither fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. So the phrase beat me down is actually a boxing term that means given a black eye, meaning this lady was persistent. She was coming at it. But here's the deal. The court systems were different back then than they are now, obviously. 
And so in ancient Jewish law court, if someone stole from you, it was your position to go to the judge. It was your responsibility to go to the judge and say, hey, that person stole from me. And then that person would come to the judge and say, no, I didn't. And it's up to the judge to decide who he decides favorably upon. It wasn't the kind of thing where this widow would get ripped off and say, okay, do, do, 911, hey, someone stole from me. Can you guys investigate this and take care of it? Not an option. It wasn't the idea, well, let me just go hire an attorney and that can take place for me. It wasn't, oh, well, there's a court-appointed attorney because I can't afford it and I can't figure it out and I'm a widow and I need help. Can someone help me? None of that was an option. This widow, who is distinctively a widow, who has zero rights, zero social clout, zero currency, zero anything, is now standing in a court of law unaccompanied by a man, which is also a big deal in this culture. And so she's coming in saying, I've been done wrong and I need justice. That's impossible. The disciples are sitting here listening to Jesus going, that's impossible. That's not gonna happen. That's not gonna work. There's no way the judge even gives her the time of day, especially a jerk judge. And Jesus says, Check it out. Check it out how the story goes. And then the judge finally, after time and time again, he says, okay, all right, I'm gonna give you the justice that you want. I'm gonna decide in your favor. When Jesus says this, the disciples had to have gone, what? No way. That would never happen. And then Jesus goes on in verse six. He says, hear what the unrighteous judge says. And will not God give justice to his elect or give justice to his chosen? who cry to him day and night? Will he delay over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. This is what's known as, it's, it's, a, it's a parable that functions as a contrast. It's a function that is this negative comparison. It's a good lesson from a bad example. It's Jesus is saying, check it out. If this can happen for this widow, that is a hopeless, impossible scenario and situation. There's no way this could ever happen, right? And they're all like, yeah, no way, that's ridiculous. He says, if this can happen, imagine how much more God will take care of you. Imagine how much more God will bring justice to your life. Imagine how much more God, who is sitting on the throne as the judge, how much more will he decide in your favor? And at this point, the disciples are like, whoa, man. That's crazy because if a rotten judge can be persuaded to do the right thing by someone who, who pesters him day in and day out in this impossible scenario and situation, then of course God, who is justice in person, the ultimate judge, right, who cares passionately for people and cares for them and loves them, will vindicate them and will see that justice is done. The disciples, there has to be fireworks going off in their head. Because this parable, what it tells us is that that people praying are in a much more advantageous relationship with God than this widow was with this judge. And if it can work out that way, how much more is God gonna take care of you? If the judge can work it out for a widow, how much more will God work it out for you and, 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 and decide in your favor those who seek and pray? And so we hear this and we go, oh yeah, totally, yeah. God's got us, he loves us, he cares for us. Yeah, I get that. I get that, Sam. That's great. Jesus, man, good word. But then life gets hard, like we said. Things don't go the way we want them, the way we want them to go. We think, oh, all I got to do is pray, right? I'll just pray and it'll happen. And then it doesn't. 
the way that we want it to. And things get difficult. And we pray, and we ask for certain things, and then it, it doesn't happen. And so then we get discouraged, right? And we lose sight of this. We lose sight of this idea that God cares for us and that God will decide in our favor and that God is a God of, of, of justice and all this. And so we get discouraged because we think that God is like our DoorDash or something. Like we put in an order to him and then when the order comes back and it's not exactly what we ordered, not exactly what we requested, not exactly what we asked, we lose hope. We lose sight of who God is. We lose sight of our relation to who God is is. We try to use him as some sort of prayer genie. When we make our wishes, we make our demands, we make our, our prescriptions, we make our, you know, expectations, we lay them out there, and then when it doesn't come back, we lose perspective, we lose hope, we lose sight of God. And we get into a rough way. And just like in Jewish court, we forget that Jesus will bring, that God will bring justice and vindication. We forget that God will decide in our favor even if that's not what we think it should be. That's the hard piece. We know that God will decide in our favor, but we think God should decide this way. We think God should decide that way. And when he doesn't, we're like, oh no, man, I'm th where's God in this? Oh, well, he's gonna decide in your favor whether you know what's in your favor or not. And that's a hard position to be. That's a hard place to be. That's a hard perspective to take. And so I think that's why Jesus sort of turns a corner here in the second half of verse eight. Jesus turns a little corner here. Check out what he says. He says, nevertheless, when the son of man comes, will he find faith on earth? He asks this question. Will he find faith on earth? Essentially what Jesus is saying is, guys, I know this is hard. I know it's difficult. I know it's tough to ask and to seek and to pray and to persevere. And then the thing that you're asking for and the expectation that you have is not met. I know that's a difficult spot to be in. That's where faith comes in. That's where we have to lean into this trust in Jesus. Jesus is saying, are you guys gonna be able to do this? Asking his disciples. Are you gonna be able to lean into me when the prescription, when you get the order and you say, God, this is what I want and how I want it, and he comes back and doesn't deliver in that way, are you gonna be able to lean in and say, but still, I trust you. Even though it didn't come out the way I think it should, still, I'm gonna trust you. I'm gonna lean in through faith because I know that you're the good judge and I know that you're ordering in my favor but I just have a different idea of what my favor is than maybe you do in this moment. That's hard. That's difficult. And Jesus says, when the Son of Man returns, will he find faith on earth? You see, this parable, this parable is not telling us to just keep asking God for what we want and keep asking and keep asking and keep asking and keep asking and, keep asking and pester God until finally he gives in and gives us what we want. Instead, what this parable is saying is that we should keep praying because through prayer, we become people of faith. Through this perseverance, we become a people that need to lean on God and trust in God. We become a people of faith, trusting a righteous God to decide in our favor. Whether it makes sense in the moment or not, 
whether it makes sense this side of eternity or not. We need to be a people of prayer. We need to be a people of persistence and perseverance in faith. Jesus' concern here in this parable is not so much prayer in general. Yeah, we should pray, absolutely. That's step one. We need to be a people of prayer. But it's more focused on persistent prayer and perseverance in faith. Not the easy prayer, but the hard ones. The tough ones. The ones that we've been praying for months, for years. He's saying, have perseverance. Trust me that I'm deciding in your favor whether you realize it or not. And so we need to be a people of persistent prayer. We need to be a people who are consistent in our constant communication with God. Is that you? Are you a person of prayer? Are you a person who communicates with God consistently? And I'm not just talking in the big things, I'm talking in the little things too, in all the things. You know, when there's a family decision to make, are you seeking God on that? Oh, well, Sam, it's not. It's just what school my kids go to. That's no big deal. No, are you seeking God on that? Because that has ripple effects that impact your whole life, your whole community. Oh, Sam, it's just a new neighborhood. It's not that big. Are you seeking God on that? Are you in consistent, constant communication with God? Are you bringing your requests to God? Is all you're bringing requests? Do you ever come to God with thankfulness? Say, God, thank you for showing up and recognizing when God shows up. Saying, God, that's huge, man. I appreciate that. Thank you so much for speaking in this way. Thank you so much for showing up in that way. Are we bringing our praise and our adoration to God? Responding to his greatness, reflecting his greatness. Are we bringing our lament and our discouragement to God? It's okay to come to God and not be okay. It's okay to come to God and say, God, this is not, not good. I need help. I'm broken. I'm discouraged. I'm downtrodden. I've been praying this year after year after year. I don't feel it. I don't see it. I need help. It's okay to have that kind of communication with God. Are we bringing our reflection and our meditation? Are we bringing our confusion and our doubt and our questions and all of these things? Are we in constant communication with God, persistent in prayer? Are we persistent in prayer? Is that who we are as a Christ follower? Because I think that's what Jesus is challenging the disciples to. Are we persistent in prayer? And is there perseverance in our faith? Do we trust God enough to lean in when things get difficult? Do we trust God enough to allow him to decide in our favor? Not do what we want him to do, but to decide in our favor ultimately. Do we trust him enough to do that? And that's hard because we live in a culture where we control everything, right? Instant gratification. And we have our hand in everything that happens. It's hard to let go and say, okay, I'm gonna trust that you got this. It's a very vulnerable posture to take. But we need to be a people that persevere in faith. When things get hard, when things don't go the way we want, the way we plan, when things seem like they're silent on the line, leaning in and trusting in God. We need to be a people that lean in. We need to be a people who trust. We need to be a people who persevere. Because God will come through and decide in our favor but are we willing to trust him in that? Let's pray together. God, 
I thank you so much for your word. I thank you so much for the opportunity that we have to come to a place like this and to discuss the teachings of Jesus. God, for those of us in here today that that need to open a line of communication with you, we need to bring our stuff to you, whether it be a celebration or it be a question, whether it be an affirmation or a doubt, whether it be you know some momentous occasion in our life or a brokenness that we're experiencing. God, help us to be a people who are persistent in prayer, who don't lose heart. God, help us to persevere in faith. For those of us who have been praying the same prayer for years. Maybe it's for a lost loved one. Maybe it's for a healing. God, maybe for it's, it's for just, just for you to show up. Make yourself known to us. God, help us to persevere in faith. Help us to not lose hope. Help us to not lose sight of the truth that is in your word. That even if a crooked judge work things out for this widow, how much more will you work things out for us? God, we seek you this morning. We pray that you'll do a work in us today. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. You guys can stand and worship with us.
because God's path face, past faithfulness is what inspires our hope for the future. Amen? That's a beautiful, beautiful song. And Matthias have you doing the, the pa- they call it the pastor two-step, where you're like, is he done? Is he not done? Is he done? Is he not done? I don't know. It was great. He had me going up and down them stairs. Um, listen, real quick, I just want to remind you, we have football bingo going on during the super plate tonight, uh, the big game, during the big game tonight. Uh, football bingo, make sure you check that out. Also, I was just made aware, K Friends... Uh, which is our group of adults with special needs. They have a monthly dance party, y'all. So if you have any K friends in your life, the monthly dance party is this Friday here at the Orient Campus. Make sure you check that out. Also, as you are uh, you know, pursuing prayer, saying persistent in prayer and perseverance in your faith, all that, I just wanna remind you that during this series, we have an opportunity, it'll be up on the screen. If you text the word story to this number, 248-845, 
3058. Take a picture of that with your phone. You can text it. They will send you prompts throughout the week. And this week, the devotions are going to be focused on this parable and how to grow in your perseverance and grow in your prayer. I know it's been a two-week thing so far. We have two more weeks of it. And once this series is done, it's done. They won't spam you. They won't continue to text you. But it's an awesome encouragement throughout the week to kind of chew on this stuff as you move forward, okay? So football bingo, K-Friends dance party, and then also, guys, as you walk out, there's going to be some fourth and fifth graders out here that are playing football that they think that they are in the big game themselves, okay? So show them some love. Go on out there. I know they're excited. Huddle around. Cheer for some touchdowns. It'll be five, ten minutes max. But go out there and make the day of a fourth and fifth grader, all right? Love you guys. Praying for you guys. Go Rams. You've been listening to the Kensington Church Podcast. If you've enjoyed this recording, check back weekly for new content. You can find Kensington on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and of course, at kensingtonchurch.org.